by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Hello, Passion Church. Pastor Guy here. I love my church, and I sure wish I could be with you there this morning. But you know, out of an abundance of caution, since I'm running a low-grade fever, uh, I'm not going to come in today. I'm going to uh, come to you from my handy-dandy wood shop. I didn't have time to clean this baby up. As you can tell, it's kind of messy. It's got stuff everywhere. That's because a lot of work gets done in this place. And so it kind of reminds me of our church. A little messy at times, but it's because a lot of work is getting done. God loves a messy church. Psalms 84.10, the psalmist says, A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be the gatekeeper in the house of my God than to live the good life in the home of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing to them who do what is right. Today's message I'm coming to you with is called the house of grace. Say, I love my church. Lately, we've discussed Nehemiah and how he built the wall of Jerusalem, rebuilt the wall. About that same time, inside the city, the priest Zerubbabel was charged with rebuilding the temple inside the city wall. And in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple. Now, before I go any further, let me let you know that Zerubbabel is a type shadow of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Yes, the Lord, he rejoices to see the work begin in our church. Say, I love my church. <laughs> I hope you do. What is church to you? To, to many today, it's just a social event, a, a tradition or such. And usually in September, I love my church month. My first sermon will be bragging about all the things that we've done as a church throughout the years and throughout the, the year so far. But today I'm going to hit you with a different angle. I'm going to talk, I'm going to brag about God. I'm going to brag about what, what grace he has shown us to even bring us into the house of God. So many today view the church from a consumer perspective. You know what I mean? They say, well, I like his preaching. I don't like his preaching. I don't like the music over there. I, I don't like the pews or whatever. And they select a church with a consumer perspective. Is that the way it ought to be? You know, there's a parable that Jesus tells about a wedding feast. 
and the king was having this great wedding feast and he had invited a bunch of, of his uh, people to come. And so he said, sent out his servants. He said, tell them the wedding feast is ready to come on. But they went and told the people and the people who were invited didn't come. They said, no, I got this to do or I got that. Some of them even killed the messengers. Well, the king was wroth. He was mad about that. And he said, I'll tell you what you do, servants. I want you to go out into the byways and the highways and the nooks and the crannies. I want you to go to the meth house. I want you to go down there to the truck stop where the prostitutes are. I want you to go everywhere. And I want you to invite people into my wedding feast. That's the way God feels. You're not here because you're so precious in fact, we weren't God's first choice. You know, God's first attention was the Jewish people. But God in his infinite wisdom was able to, at the same time, because, you know, they don't receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. So they, uh, he was able to make them jealous by welcoming us into the house. He was able to give us uh, salvation and membership in his church, life in his church while at the same time causing the Jews to be jealous and to want what we have. And that's what's going on. We're living in an age of grace. Isn't that wonderful? We're in the church age. And I believe it's about to come to an end, and then God will turn his attention back to his Jewish people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, it's a sobering scripture. It says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of, you, few of you are wise in this world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God has chosen the, the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. Ouch, God! <laughs> how, how far are you going to go with this? But he used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. You know, we're not welcome in God's house because we're so perfect. We're so good. We're welcome here because God's house operates by grace. Nobody can come into God's house except by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church is actually Christ's body. He's the head, and we're part of the body, each one of us, part of the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, and God has put each part where he wants it. You see, a consumer perspective says this, I, I want to go where I want to go. But really, we should be asking God, what church should I be a part of? A, com a consumer perspective insults grace. It's really a disgrace. We're the house of grace. We of all people should understand grace. You know, I didn't understand grace growing up. I went to church, yeah, here and there. But I was always bargaining with God. God, I'll do this if you'll do this. I'll stop doing this if... If you won't punish me, or this or that, 
in all the churches that I visited, nobody ever told me about God's grace. Nobody ever corrected me. Even our salvation is by grace alone. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. What I'm trying to do today is show you that we should boast about our God. We should understand what, what magnificent grace he has shown us to allow us into his church, into his family. Oh, my friends, church is not just a tradition. Church should be our way of life. And maybe some of you today are thinking, I'm not doing good. I'm not right with God. Maybe you're questioning your salvation. It's because you're looking at yourself again. You didn't get saved that way. You looked at the cross. You're saved by grace, something you didn't deserve. Now you think you're going to try to deserve it? No, my friend. You've got to remember God's grace. Billy Graham got a speeding ticket one time, I, I was told going 10 miles over the speed limit, and he went before the judge, and the judge says, I'm going to charge you $1 for every mile an hour you were going over the speed limit. That's $10 you owe the court. And he looked up, and then he realized it was Billy Graham. He said, oh, you're Billy Graham. He said, Mr. Graham, I'm sorry. Uh, justice is justice. I can't alleviate the $10 fine, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay that $10 fine for you. And sir, I'd like to take you out for a steak dinner. And, I, and see, that's a picture of the God's grace. He pays the penalty for us. And if you've got a repentant heart, he, there's nothing God's grace won't do for you. God is so, so good. Acts 15, 11 says, we believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. You've heard it said by Martin Luther King that I look to a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that's good. Oh, that's so true. What kind of nation would we have if the nation would adhere to that? But you know, the house of grace even takes it further. It looks past the, the, even the content of your character into the intrinsic worth that you have as a child of God. So yeah, you may not have much character when you come to the church, to the house of grace. But the house of grace believes the best about you. We should all run to the house of grace. There's a story where David... He's running from Saul. We talked about Saul and David's relationship last week. David is running from Saul. Saul's trying to kill him. And he has to make a quick getaway. And he runs. You know where he runs to? He runs to the house of God. He has nowhere to go. And there's a, a priest in there. I think his name was Abimelech or something like that. And he says, you got anything to eat? And the priest says, the only thing I got to eat is the showbread that we place before the Lord. And it's holy and only the priest can eat that. 
But I tell you what, since you're hungry, you can go ahead and eat that. He's, David said, do you have a sword or any kind of weapon that I can use? He said, we got the sword of, that you that was Goliath's sword, the, the giant that you slew, and you can have that. And my friends, that's a picture of what you get at the church. You know, man wasn't made for religion. Religion was made for man. The church was given to us. You need bread for the day. You need this day, your daily bread. And you're going to need a sword for the journey ahead. And that's what the church provides. There's also a story of Jacob running. Jacob was running from his past. And that's where he came into contact with God. He wasn't running to the house of God. He was running away, but God still chased him down. That's the grace of God. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 13, it says, At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. You see, Jacob had lain down and put his head on a rock and tried to sleep out in the middle of this country he hadn't been to before. And he began to have a dream, and there was a stairway to heaven. And angels were ascending and descending. And at the top of the stairway was the Lord of heaven's armies. And at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac, the ground that you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. I want you to listen. He said, Once more, what's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything that I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid, and he said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God. Say house of God. The very gateway to heaven. The house of God. When he says we'll have descendants so many, maybe he's talking about Christians all over the world, as many as the dust of the earth. Descendants of the house of God. The very gateway to heaven. We started with Zechariah talking about Zerubbabel. And in Zechariah 4, verse 7, it says, Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. You know God's going to build his church. He doesn't start something and not finish it. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in its place, the people will shout, May God bless it. God bless it. I love my church. It's more than a tradition. It's more than a social club. It's God's grace that we get to be a part of the church of our living God. I love my church, and I love you. May God bless our church. <laughs> this is more important than we know what we're doing here at Passion Church. We could make this the very gateway to heaven to so many lost souls.
Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.